Yes, it is with uh, great pleasure I welcome Jean-Claude. You want to come up, Jean-Claude? And, uh, yep. And Joyce. Now, now it's been a little little while, but Jamwichi Wuli. Sukomo. Papani, Papani. So it's great to have you with us. Uh, we're very excited to, to have you celebrating with us and to, to bring some update and also to bring God's word. So let's just pray. Father God, I thank you for this awesome family. I thank you for the kids that are with us today. And I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to fill them with your spirit, enable them, Lord God, to be your people at your time and in your place, whether it be here at Sunshine Coast or Logan or Malawi. Lord, I just pray you would continue to guide them and inspire them. Thank you that they could be with us today in your precious son. Amen. 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 Do you want to second that? Ah, Good morning. Yes, uh, we are so blessed to be here, and also we are so blessed uh, to see you guys in person, and uh, thank you so much for your prayers and the support, because uh, Kawana Baptist Church have been supporting us for many years. You have been supporting us for many years. And uh, someone says that uh, no army, regardless of their strength, can survive long without support and supplies. We survived there for three years because of your prayers and the support. So I'd like to say thank you so much. And my name is Jean-Claude. I came here 19 years ago from Burundi. I came here as a refugee. We came here as a refugee. And I met my wife in Logan Central uh, 17 years ago. <laughs> yeah. We came here as a refugee. And uh, God is good. Because uh, I left my country long times ago. I look young, but uh, I am older. <laughs> I am nearly 33 years old. 43, 43. <laughs> yes. I left my country because of the civil war. Because in my country, they were they fighting between the two tribes. One tribe of the Hutu and the Tutsi. And about one million people were killed. Even I lost most of my relatives in the civil war. So because uh, I am mixed blood, my dad was uh, Tutsi, my mom Hutu, and I was rejected by both sides because when my dad passed away, I saw myself as a, as a Hutu. But the Hutu, they didn't see me as a Hutu because I am told, they say, you look like Tutsi. So that is the one reason. I left my country. And the God is good because uh, I was born in a no Christian family. And my parents, they, uh, they divorced, you know, when I was nearly 10 years old. And uh, I was born into a poor family. And uh, I remember in the Civil War, after the Civil War, my sister was uh, sick, and uh, my mom 
didn't have the money to buy the medicine for my sister, and she passed away. The suffering of my family was very heavy on my heart. I didn't want to see that. So then I began to smoke drugs. I pushed myself to be a bad person, a bad boy, because I was trying to seek something called to help me to don't see our suffering. But I didn't find it. And my heart was far from God. And uh, by God's grace, I become a believer. And uh, yes, I become a believer, you know. And when I become a believer, I had the peace, joy, and the peace that I didn't have before. So I came here in 2004. And when we came here, I didn't have any desire to go back home. But God is good. Amen. God is good. And uh, I am ordained as the Baptist minister. So we are going to do mission presentation uh, and uh, uh, preaching. So about the mission presentation, I think we may start with the, like, the PowerPoint. So before it was a global interaction, but now is the Baptist Mission Australia. So we can go uh, the next picture. My wife, so in Inamuera, you know, because the three days a week we were doing evangelism. Next picture, me with uh, my neighbor. Next, next picture. Yes, I will talk later about this uh, this picture. Next. Next, next, so this is Mandazi. My wife and I, we trained some local people how to make a Mandazi. Mandazi is like a coconut donut. It's a fried bread. We trained more than 200 people how to make Mandazi. Yes, yes, next. My wife is a tailor was able to teach some Yahoo women to sew, to give them a sense of hope. Next, yes. Next, children ministry. We have about 120 children. We planted a church in Malawi two years ago. Next, we baptize people. Next, next, me with uh, my friends. I was uh, sharing, the, yes, my four children. Next, yes. So now we can go to the second pictures. Back, 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 the second one. Go. No, and I. Yes, this one. So we lived in Malawi for three years. And uh, thank you so much, Pastor Doni. Even uh, uh, three years ago, they came to visit us in Malawi. Thank you so much. And uh, we were trying to reach out to the Yahoo people. The Yahoo people of Malawi are about two millions. And 95% are Sunni Muslims. 
The Yaho people of Malawi, polygamy is a common among the Yahos because one man can have two wives, three wives. And the HIV has been a serious problem in Malawi. The Yaho face daily challenges of poverty, including hunger, limited access to education. And also the Yahoo people, they are facing another problem about the international aid. International aid to Africa increases poverty and the decreasing economic growth of poor countries. In Malawi, the international aid do more harm than good. Because in the south of Malawi, where we live in Mangochi, there are about 100 no-profit organizations from America, from Europe. And the local people, every two months, they are receiving food, clothes, everything from those no-profit organizations. Now the big problems from the local people, they don't want to work now. They don't want to fish. So it's like a, the foreign aid. So they are pretending Tending to support the local people. The rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. Because what they are trying to do, they have thousands of ways of helping the poor, but they don't want to help them. So for them, it's like I have the skills. If I am going to give him my skills, in the future, he's not going to need me anymore. I am going to lose my job. So they don't want to lose their job. They are well paid. So that is the one reason they are pretending to support the poor. There is one Chinese proverb that says that, give a man a fish and you feed him a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. The local people, what they need, they want the people to go there to teach them how to fish, to teach them how to farm, to teach them how to do different things. Because uh, Pastor Don was uh, in Malawi. In the south of Malawi, there are about four lakes. Lake Malawi, Lake Chowe, there are about four lakes, and they're big lakes. So they have land, they have the water, they have everything. They need the skills. Joyce, my wife and I, we trained the local people how to make mandazi. My wife and I, my wife and my goal was to teach the Yahoo people how to make mandazi for both food and as a way to launch mandazi-based businesses that can provide financially for all their families. Because we were trying to meet the physical and the spiritual need for the local people. And my wife was able, he trained some Yahoo women to sow to give them a sense of hope and empowerment to repair and sell clothes. We were trying to meet their physical need. Because like a dozen of profit organizations, like their budget per year is about $600 million per year, a lot of money, a lot of money. 
And they don't spend all the money they are putting in their pockets. You know, very sad for what uh, they are doing in, in Africa. So about the spiritual need, we were trying to give them hope, the local people. Because their stories were our stories. They are so poor. And me, my wife and I, we were born in 12 families. Their stories were our stories. So we were trying to give them hope. Because when you don't have hope, sometimes it's very hard to believe God. It's very hard to see the picture of God when you don't have hope. So we tried to give them a hope. Because they are hopeless. And uh, also, we make disciples. We made the disciples and we encourage them to use their gift. Someone says that uh, when you make disciples, you always get the church. But when you make a church, you really had to get disciples. So we made the disciples. We encouraged them to use their gift. That is the one reason now they have their own church. They can hear the message of God in their own language. Amen? So this is what we were trying to do. And what I may say about the suffering... God doesn't want suffering, but he may allow it for a greater purpose. Because if my wife and I could not suffer in Africa, we could not go to Africa to preach the gospel, to give hope to the African people. But because we suffered, we do understand the poverty. So here in Australia, many people are talking about poverty, but they don't understand the poverty. We are so blessed, but we don't know how much God loves us. We are so blessed, but we don't see that. Amen. So this is what I wanted just to say and to say thank you so much. And I do believe that my wife has something to say. And... We are going to respect the time because I think about my preaching. I'm going to spend about maybe 10 minutes. Amen. Praise God. I am very happy to be here today. Very happy. And also, I'm so happy to see Pastor Don. He came to visit us. We shared food. Oh, it was lovely. <laughs> um, my husband has covered on uh, ministry side. But myself, I'll summarize what happened to our family. What God did. And uh, God is good. We went in Malawi end of 18. And uh, 2019, as the first year... It was so tough in different angles. Living into the Muslim community for the first time since I was born, it wasn't easy. But God was with us. We faced a lot of challenges, but the first challenging for us was children education. 
because we have to do homeschooling. And uh, we were unable to teach our children. According to our background, the civil war destroyed everything. Some young generation, we didn't complete schools. It was so tough. Guys, it's very heartbreaking watching the children are at home and you can't do anything. And because we have to use Queensland curriculum, and the little education we have, we were schooled into the French curriculum. How can you compare these two things? It was so tough. Month by month goes on, we start doubting about colleague. We said, God, as each parent's desire is to see children progressing well into the education, this is us here. What can we do? We said, God, we are doubting about your calling. We prayed one day, we said, Lord, this is too over. It's getting too heavy. If you don't show up, give us the last sign that you call us here. We are going to hang the hands up and they go back. So the children can go back again into the system. Guess what happened? Two days later, we were sitting at home. A Muslim lady showed up to our compound with a black dress covering the whole face, knocked to our door. She said, my name is Mariam. When I was sleeping last night, a man introduced to me that his name is Jesus. He directed me to this address so you can teach me more about him. Hallelujah. <laughs> that was the biggest confirmation from God that God chorus in Malawi by purpose. Hallelujah. But guess what? God was still quiet. We asked again God, God, we need a teacher, but you are sending Muslims. What's going on? God kept quiet. But what I can tell you, God knows our desire. He knows what we want, what is right for us. Later on, he provided a very higher qualified teacher. Children went back again to the system, and we were happy. Hallelujah. Living into the Muslim community again, I learned thousands lessons, watching children and the women suffering. As my husband said, polygamy, it's normal to marry five wives per year, kick out when you want. It's very sad. It was so heavy in my heart. As you know, our background, how the civil war destroyed everything, we, we grew up watching people dying, people suffering. So it's that now my head was so dizzy. I told God, I am blessed woman. We are so blessed. What can I do at least to save some women and the children? Straight away in my head, I said, Lord, I want to learn how to sew so I can save some women. I hired a teacher. He taught me how to sew. Trust me, within six months only, I was able to design myself and the sew at the same time. Hallelujah. 
To the point one day my teacher said, Joyce, you are a very crazy woman. <laughs> I said, seriously? That's a very heavy word. Can you explain me more? He said, I never see a quick learner as you. But I told him, I know what I asked God. These skills, I'm going to use it to save people. After I completed my, my course, according to my financial, I bought a tool machine. And I trained a few women. Trust me, today is the happiest family I ever see. They are able to send their children to school. They are able to feed their children. Hallelujah. After seeing how, how happy that family were, I told God, this is not enough. Two machine is not enough. This is a big community. When I go back to Australia, I need a 10 machine, God. I know you are rich. You are going to do this. This is where my project came from. I'm searching 10 machine only. There is a reason behind that. Because I need a small group where I can be able to reach them. Hallelujah. Because every woman that I taught how to sew, now they are Christians. So I need a small group where I can be able to control them because I'm teaching how to sew and they're reaching them at the same time. So one machine, it costs $350. We buy the treadle because the electricity is a problem. And we prefer to buy there because if we buy here, the transportation, the postage is so high. So you are more than happy to join me if you want. If you have $5, you still support. If you have $50, you still support. And God bless you. Amen. We can go. We can, uh, yes, Ms. Leah. Let us read in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 10 and verse 2. In the book of Luke, uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 2. The Bible says, He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Amen? Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And uh, I'm so blessed to be here. And uh, also, I am so happy to see the children in the church and the young couples in the church. I'm so blessed. Because uh, now, in uh, Logan Central, in uh, Brisbane, many churches are closing and it's very sad. They are closing. Because uh, they don't have the young couples. They don't have children. And uh, so many churches are closing. They have vestes plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, there are many lost who needed to be found. I remember... In the Civil War, when I lost uh, uh, most of my family in the Civil War, 
and uh, my mom became bigger, and uh, it was tough, you know. So always I was thinking maybe to, to kill myself. And uh, one of my friends, because Jean-Claude is a common name in Africa, in Burundi, because Burundi is a Belgium colony, and Jean-Claude is a common. And one of my friends, his name is Jean-Claude. He was a young boy, and, you know, he was a mature Christian. He used to come to me, you know, to share the love of God with me. And one day, I was opened to him. I told him about my story, you know. And then he said to me, Jean-Claude, God love you, but you need to repent of your sins. And I told him, I am not a Christian. I don't know how to pray. And I remember when I repented of my sins, I had a peace on my heart, the peace that I didn't have before. Because before, when I saw our situations, always was crying. But when I became a believer, I had the joy and the peace in my heart. And that guy, Jean-Claude, he was not a pastor. He was not a deacon or an evangelist. He was a Christian as you, you know. Because we are called to participate in reaching the nations. We needed to preach the gospel. And to preach the gospel or to bring people to back to the loving God is not only the job for the leaders. It's our job. The workers are few because many churches have lost sight of God is called to go and make disciples. It is not enough just to know Christ personally and to attend the church. Jesus is calling you also to make disciples of others. We need to make disciples. Like what Mike says, if you make disciples, you always get to the church. But if you make a church, you really hard to get disciples. We need to make disciples. And this is our job. We need to go. Because the many churches and the many leaders are trying to do different programs in the church just to try to attract the people to come. But we need to go to them. Don't wait for the people in need to come to you. We need to go to them. To reach out to them with love and friendship. Amen? With love and friendship. And also it is important that you be a witness for Jesus Christ by your actions. Amen? I wanted to tell you this story about Desmond Tutu and Trevor. Trevor was born, was an Anglican priest. Trevor was born in 1913 into a privileged background in England. 
He was ordained in 1937. And the community in England, they sent him to South Africa in 1943. Apartheid in South Africa became official policy in 1948. So this is about Trevor. And Desmond Tutu, because I will tell you how Desmond Tutu met uh, Trevor. Desmond Tutu was one of South Africa's most well-known human rights activists, winning the 1984 Nobel Peace Prize for his effort in resolving and ending apartheid. I think he passed away last year, Desmond Tutu. Desmond Tutu met Trevor when he was nine years old. Desmond Tutu said, I was standing with my mother on the hostel veranda because his mother was a cleaner to the hostel veranda in South Africa, his mother. I was standing with my mother on the hostel veranda when this tall White men in a flowing black cassock swept past. He doffed his heart to my mother in a greeting. I was quiet, taken aback. A white man raising his heart to a black woman. Such things didn't happen in real life. Tutu said, I learned much later, the man was a father Trevor. So when he saw that, he was a nine years old. Then he approaches his mother, and he said to his mother, who is this man? And his mother said, this is a father Trevor. He came to South Africa to preach the gospel to us. Then the Monday Tutu said to his mother, I wanted to save the Lord. In the future, I wanted to save the Lord. In the future, I wanted to save God by saving others. And after many years, a few years, and he became uh, a big man, well-known around the world. So he was inspired by Trevor's action. So there's mother Tutu and there's mother. They saw the picture of God in that man. And the Trevor was born into a privilege in a background uh, in England, but he closed the gap between him and the poor and the black people. Always they saw the picture of God in him. The love of Jesus Christ is not just a word, but actions. Through your act of care and kindness, you will show them and believers that God cares for them too. He didn't preach, he didn't say any word to them, but his actions. He doffed his heart to, to, to his mother in a greeting. He didn't say anything. His heart, and then with respect. And his action changed completely to, to his life. 
people is needy. Sometimes people is needy are God-given opportunities for you or for us to reach out and touch people with the love of, of Jesus Christ. Amen? Don't wait for the people in need to come to you. We need to go to them. But sometimes we need to recognize the barriers. Because sometimes it is not easy to reach out to your neighbors. You may have to come to cross than a fence to reach your neighbors. Because between Christians and the no-Christians, there are many unseen barriers. And the barriers can be on both sides, on the Christian side and on the no-Christian side. On the Christian side, there can be the church culture, over business, busy with church activities, isolation, or not a really vision for the lost. If the church doesn't have a really vision for the lost, it's hard. I remember nine, 10 years ago, when we came here from Tanzania refugee camp, in Logan Central, there were about 10,000 refugees from Burundi, from Congo, from Africa, you know, from Ethiopia. And many Christian leaders, they didn't want to reach out the African people. Even some Christians, African people, who used to go to the different churches, they didn't fit in because the other people, they were against them. I remember some leaders, they used to say to us, you guys, we are losing our members because of you, because your smell, because of, you know, it was bad. Imagine your brother, your brothers or your sisters in Christ to be against you. You know, we are losing our members because of you. It means that you are not a part of our congregations. People need their God given opportunities for us. Because if they smell bad, what we need to do? What you need to do? We need to teach them how to use the washing machine. We need to teach them how to use the soap. We needed to teach them how to do different things. You know? So this is, can happen for the church if, they, if the church doesn't have a real vision for the lost. On the no Christian side, there can be the image of church as being boring with nothing to offer. So we, as the body of Christ, we needed to build a bridge. We need to go to them. The love of Jesus Christ is not just a word, but actions. Actions. As Apostle Paul says, we are the letter of Christ. People are watching us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And if we don't go, how any believers, they're going to hear the message of God. How they're going to come back to the loving God if we don't go. Because this is the our job, we are calling to participate in reaching the nations. This is not only the role or the job for the leaders, our pastors. 
is our job to go. Because we are living in the last days. And I, I do believe that uh, on the day of judgment, God is going to ask us. God is going to ask you, how many people did you save? How many people did you save? Because nowadays, many people look happy outside, but underneath it, they have all kinds of need, physical and spiritual need. What are you doing for your neighbors? What are you doing for your friend? We need to go to them to preach the gospel. Amen. So thank you so much for your support. And uh, we are going back to uh, next, uh, next month to Malawi. Then we are going to stay there for three years. And after three years, we are coming back again uh, to Australia. But we are so happy for what we are doing there. And, uh, but most of African people, they see my wife and I as a crazy because they don't understand why we went back to Africa. They see us always, they see us as a crazy. But for us, we are so happy to give back to our people, you know, to give back because their stories were our stories. Sometimes we need to be the blessing to others, you know. So thank you so much for your support and thank you so much for your prayers because we survived there because of your prayers and we are going to survive there again for free is because of your support. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you, Jean-Claude.